customer success enthusiasts and listeners. This week, I have an awesome interview with Christina Koka, the lead for customer success at Twilio for all of APAC and Europe. And she had a lot of really cool things to say. She pioneered the customer success program uh, in Twilio when it started about two years ago. So she has a lot of wisdom and a lot of great advice. So you're going to want to listen in. Uh, Also, if you could please subscribe to our channels, rate reviews, uh, tell us how much you like it or any suggestions, uh, maybe some topics that you want to hear in the future, any, you know, suggested guests, just let us know. Um, But please subscribe and share with your friends. We would really appreciate that. Uh, But yes, take a listen to this interview. Uh, It's really, really great. So you won't want to miss it. How long have you, so you, you've been at Twilio for how long now? I've been at Twilio for a little over two years. Okay, cool. And then where, or how did you start? Like, which office did you start in? How did you find that? Yeah. Are we recording yet, by the way? Am I allowed to ask that? Oh, yeah, we totally are. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) I hope that doesn't mess up your audio. Sorry. No, not at all. (laughs) Yeah. So I was living in New Jersey at the time. I found Twilio when I was hunting for a new job. And it was really intriguing to me because it was a technology really unlike any other I had ever seen before. I didn't fully understand what it was as I was researching the company. And the more I read, the more interesting it became. So I applied for a business development representative role, BDR role, inside sales, if you will. And I moved out to San Francisco in May of 2015 to start that role shortly after um, Twilio was establishing a customer success team and I was able to move on to that team and be one of the the first CSMs, if you will, at, at Twilio, which was a really great experience because I had both the chance to work with customers and actually use my experience with customers to feedback internally to what the team should look like, what team processes should look like, what team structure should look like, what we should care about, what we shouldn't care about. So from there, I was in that role for about a year and a half. And then I moved into uh, my management role that I'm currently in based out of Dublin, Ireland, where I run the customer success teams for Europe and for APAC. Very cool. And I guess so when they were first starting to build it, did you have any idea of what customer success was? Like when they said to you, like, oh, we're building a customer success division, what did that mean to you in that first uh, that first moment? Yeah, it's a great question. And to be honest, I don't know if we knew what that looked like <laughs> when we decided that this was a good idea. Um, in my mind, it was twofold. It, the first piece was sitting down with customers, figuring out where their frustrations were, and from a broad stroke measure, making sure that we were identifying where customers were at risk and reducing that risk. I'd say from a practical perspective, it really meant understanding what customers were doing with Twilio, taking that understanding, feeding it back into the broader organization to help drive product decisions, as well as understanding where customers were getting stuck um, for some context, Twilio is an incredibly technical product. We we really are we're an API platform, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit different, and most of our customers, at some way, are, are quite technical. We're either talking typically to product managers or engineering managers, developers themselves. So back to your original question of you know, originally, what did we think it was? In our minds, it was how do we understand and reduce risk? How do we also understand what our customers are doing, and how do we best help them to do it? 
in the best way possible. Okay, yeah. And I guess this will kind of uh, take care of maybe two questions. So tell us a, a little bit about Twilio, like uh, what the products and the products that you sell are. And then um, like what does that mean for a customer success manager at Twilio to be like as far as how much technical knowledge? That's a really great question. So Twilio is a cloud communications platform. Um, our vision and our mission really is to transform how communications are currently done and to, to really define what the future of, of communications look like. You know, there's a bunch of different ways that you can think about this. You think, you know, business to, to consumer, you can think about it from, you know, individual to individual. I send you a text message or I send you an iMessage. I send you a Facebook message. Um, you could think about it from machine to machine, if you will, where you've got two servers in the background communicating with each other. There's really this whole ecosystem, if you will, of, of communication, and Twilio really wants to be in, in the heart of that. I would say our, our priorities right now really are that that business to consumer, helping our customers reach their customers in the way that that they want. I think anyone who's ever had to deal with a customer service um, phone line where you're waiting for someone to speak with you for 10 to 15 minutes or you're stuck on a flight and you're not sure, you know, you're in the airport and you're not sure if your flight is canceled or not, it would be great to be able to just quickly talk to someone and get the information that you need. Those are very narrow examples, but in a nutshell, Twilio is really seeking to overhaul and completely transform what communications look like. How do we do that? APIs. So right now we offer a suite of, of APIs at their most basic. You know, you can send a text message or make a phone call with Twilio. There's a myriad of software options that we offer to layer on top of that. So it's not a simple uh, pipe, if you will, where it's you know, just a phone call to phone call, You're, there's logic you can overlay and you can really get creative and design a, a workflow that makes sense for your business, that makes sense for your customers, and you can iterate on it. You can test. You don't have to buy expensive infrastructure, if you will, because it's all cloud-based. Um, happy to keep falling down the rabbit hole, if you will, of what that looks like. But in a nutshell, you know, Twilio really is a communications platform. And our role as customer success managers is to help our customers leverage it to provide a best-in-class communications experience for their business. And then, so how much tech, when you're looking to hire or train a new CSM, um, what, like, what skills do you look for as far as, like, being able to, like, grasp certain concepts as far as, like, uh, you know, the API and things and how much technical knowledge they have? Uh, what do you look for in that? Because what are they really required to do at Twilio? Um, I mean, obviously, besides, like, um, helping the customers, but, like, with their technical side, um, with the onboarding, like, how involved do they have to be in, like, knowing the product? That's a really great question. So the first thing we look for, at least at a high level, is hunger. And what I mean by that is someone who is really, really invested in learning and someone who never is satisfied with a singular answer, someone who's constantly looking to grow and to learn. And the reason I'm starting off with that is Twilio is constantly changing and constantly growing. And to succeed in this type of a role, we, we need people who are, are energized by that. From a technical perspective, we don't ever expect CSMs to come into the job being able to code. There's very little practical implications, if you will. You know, we won't sit down with customers and go through their code base and provide recommendations or point out errors. What we do need CSMs to do and the skill set required is an ability to understand very technical information, understand how it works, and be able to take that knowledge and translate it. 
Sometimes we're on the phone with people who aren't technical. We still need to be able to communicate the value of Twilio or help them solve a problem in a way that they understand. So in addition to this sort of insatiable curiosity, if you will, the the necessary skill set is almost one of an educator where you're able to take complex information. You yourself are able to understand that information, internalize it, and in turn, speak to a variety of different audiences with that information in a way that they themselves understand. Meeting people if, where they're at, if you will. Of course, yeah. Uh, and then, okay, so how is Twilio's customer success and customer experience uh, structured? How do you structure it at your company? Um, what kind of roles do you currently have? That's a great question. So we structure our team by region and we structure our team by account size. Um, we like to keep things simple. We don't think there's really any need to, to over-engineer that. So at a high level, we have more entry-level CSMs working with our smaller customers and typically a larger number of our smaller customers. And as you grow in your role and as you spend more time and expand your skill set, you'll likely work with fewer and fewer and larger and larger customers to you know, our most strategic customers. We've got some CSMs who sit in the middle who manage our mid-range customers um, and, and deal with sort of an in-the-middle amount of accounts, if you will, but we stagger it by, by region and, and by account size. Cool. And you were saying, so um, they also, you also aren't on really a uh, subscription or license-based model, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So what are, I guess, some of the um, challenges or ad- and challenges and or advantages um, to building a CS team around like that type of structure? Because you have, you know, is there really the opportunity for upsell or, you know, how do you kind of measure their success? Um, things like that. Absolutely. So I would say there's a lot of advantages and there are are, are definitely some challenges. I think the the biggest advantage is it really allows us to come in and be trusted advisors to our customers. Oftentimes, customers will come to us and they'll say, working with an API is really easy. Twilio, you've got great documentation. I don't really need any hand-holding when it comes to understanding how to use your API. What I do need help with understanding is how to contextualize that. Just because I've sent a text message doesn't mean I've created an experience doesn't mean that I've actually solved a business problem. It simply means I took a message from point A and put it to point B. So from our perspective, we've got a lot of wiggle room and a lot of creativity that we can sit down with customers and essentially walk them through their business goals, their ROI goals, their technical goals, and provide guidance of what fits best for their business. You know, Oftentimes with license-based models, there's a a set number of features you might get, and then you can overlay some features on top of that, and you might get something that sort of fits, but there's a gap, or you might get something that is too much for a customer, but the, the way the license is structured, there really isn't the option to pull away or to add. Because we're not license-based, it allows us the freedom to really give customers exactly what they want with the freedom to add or take away features as they see fit. Some of the challenge behind that would also be that we have a lot of freedom. It's, it's difficult to build out a, a model that is replicable and scalable. You need to have, and we definitely have team standards. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make is sort of the copy-paste, this is exactly what works and we're just going to keep doing it, is far more iterative than it might be at a traditional SaaS company where it's, let's get our heads around what sells a license, let's get our heads around what sells additional features, let's get our heads around what causes people to renew those licenses, if you will, and then build a model that 
pushes us towards an increase across all three of those aspects. With us, it's we have very general mechanisms and measurements that we can use to say this definitely works and this doesn't, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself to a very exact model. So I think one of the challenges there to, to sum all of that up is we're constantly learning and we're constantly iterating, um, which is which is fantastic, but sometimes it, it can be hard to, to get it right at first pass. So what are some of those metrics that you know that uh, that you can you know measure with that you know maybe why a customer will uh, you know stay on or something um, and then yes I guess first what are some of those metrics um, that you look at and that you use yeah so the at its most basic and I think a lot of if not every customer success team looks at this would be churn yes <laughs> taking a look at customers taking a look at their growth making sure that we are addressing any customers that seem to be declining in their usage without a reason. You know, at any given time, you might have seasonal customers and, and recognizing where um, spend movement is not just noise, it's also signal. So we use a bunch of different data points to track customer spend across multiple products. And CSMs are responsible for any time that there is a, an indicator that a customer could be declining in spend we're reaching out, we're understanding why, and we're helping that customer to solve the problem. Um, the other one that we use is stickiness. So we have our core APIs that a lot of our customers use. Um, it's Again, it's I'll refer back to SMS just because it's simple, but it doesn't take a lot of code to send an SMS. What we want CSMs to be doing is talking to customers and making sure that they're taking advantage of Twilio's software layer. That's really where we provide value, and that's really where we excel. So we're making sure that we're measuring our CSMs on how they're advising customers to adopt additional software features and, and work those software features into their overall applications. Um, NPS is, is a third one. This is something that I think, again, a lot of customer success teams do. I wouldn't say that it's unique to us, but we make sure that we are understanding where our customers need to be supported and understand how we can improve in providing that support. What role, or how heavily do your uh, CSMs work on the onboarding phase? I'm curious about uh, what that's like at Twilio and for your customer success managers. What is the onboarding process uh, usually like? That's a great question. So we look at this in two ways. The first is onboarding the customer with almost general information that you would need to know about being a Twilio customer. I like to think of it or compare it to almost being a college student and you go through orientation. We teach our customers how to interact with our support team. We work with our customers to understand how to navigate Twilio's console, how to understand our billing, how to read their invoices, which sounds basic, but if you think about a brand new customer that might not necessarily be familiar with all of the different aspects operationally of being a customer, it's important that you get that out of the way. The second way we look at onboarding is getting a customer to launch. Twilio is unique in that just because someone has said, yes, we love Twilio, we like your product, we, we want to use it, doesn't mean that they're actually spending with us. Again, we're a raw API, and for, for people who might not understand what that means, it's essentially building blocks that developers can use to create an application. Um, so what that means is our sales reps might close a deal, a customer might be completely bought into Twilio and beginning a project. We help get those customers over the line. We, we act as, I would almost say, project managers. Again, we're not there to help those customers with their actual coding, but we're there to help understand where their road, road, roadblocks excuse me, might be, 
bringing in technical support from Twilio's side of things if, if needed, and really getting that customer over the finish line from the design phase, the testing phase, to, to full-on application production where they're, they're using Twilio at scale. Mm-hmm. And what is, uh, how do the support and success teams communicate? Are they under the same umbrella, um, under like the same division? Uh, how, do you, how does that relationship between support and success? That's a great question. So we work very closely with our support team. They are partners with us, and any time that a customer might have a technical issue or a technical problem, um, we, we work closely with support to make sure that it gets resolved. Um, there's really two layers to that as well, where you've got, say, a, an application problem, where there might be an issue with how a customer's code base is interacting with Twilio's APIs. There's also the telecom piece of this, right? You know, there's a lot that that goes on behind placing a phone call with global networks and operators, as well as with SMS. So our support team has the tooling necessary to also help customers troubleshoot telecom issues as well as code issues. So we're very closely aligned with our support team to make sure that anytime a customer has a problem, we're able, we're able to pinpoint where it is and then put the necessary testing or evaluation in place to get it resolved. I would say that our support team is unique in that the level of technical knowledge needed to solve Issues that that Twilio customers have is very, very high. And I think the value CSMs provide to support our support team is the context, understanding where a customer is coming from or understanding the broader scope of the problem so that as a support engineer is really digging into the weeds, they're able to do so with the broader picture in mind. Nice. And with the CS team, how much would you say like it's easy for your team to communicate with every division of the company to make sure that the customer voice is heard, that what the feedback that you're getting, the interactions that you're having, um, that is all being filtered throughout the entire company and everyone is being uh, influenced by it? Yeah. This is, I think, a challenge almost every company faces is we've got all this data. This data is all great. How do we turn that data into information? Because at the end of the day, you can only act on it if it is information. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of data collection. We do a lot of, and, and by data collection, I mean talking to our customers, documenting what they share with us, documenting it in a way that can be easily fed back into the broader Twilio organization. Um, and we sit down with various product teams after, you know, we, we work to sum up that information and, and provide, again, context to the product team to say, hey, over the course of a quarter, for example, this is what our customers are asking for. Here's all of the data to back that up. Where does this fit into your roadmap? Product teams oftentimes have their, their own mindsets or their own goals that they'd like to accomplish. And I'd say one of the things we do really well at Twilio is bridging that gap. There's no point in building a product if nobody wants that product, and there's no point in building a product that you almost have to, to shove on people. It should be, you know, the, the philosophy of agile software development, if you will, is it should be user-focused and user-driven, and, you know, we test something, we make sure users like it, and then we build it out a little bit more and build it out a little bit more, and CSMs are crucial in that. The information that we're feeding back to, and we have different mechanisms, whether it's our CRM or, or internal tracking systems, that we're able to, to basically tell our product teams, this is what customers want. How do we know? We've spoken to them. They've told us, we have this information. Let's partner and work together to make sure that we're on the right track and, and best serving our customers. That's great. It's nice to, you know, like that the CS team is really the team that's getting that information out and you're having the most interactions with the customer. So 
um, it's always nice to hear. Uh, and then I guess, so how is it running an international team? Like, cause you're ahead of all of Europe and APAC. So, uh, how is that experience? It's great. It is definitely a different experience from running a team in the United States. I would say that the biggest challenge is not copying and pasting from what works in the United States here. I think initial instinct is always, well, this worked back at home, so it must work here. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that is the case, but I think for myself as a manager, my goal is to always be questioning that and to always be looking at the actions we're taking, the way we're communicating with customers with a critical eye and making sure that where things don't work or could be better or could be different, I'm making adjustments and my team is making adjustments. I would say the operational challenges are are somewhat self-evident. You know, when you're working out of different time zones, again, most of our product teams and, and most of the operational teams we have are based in the United States. So making sure that we're coming up with internal strategies to keep everyone on the same page, to keep communication efficient. Um, I would also say from a customer perspective, making sure that we are meeting customers where, where they're at, coming to these conversations with an open mind, understanding something as simple as generally customers might prefer to be contacted via email rather than cold called, for example. So just making sure that we're really finely tuned to how customers want to be spoken to. I mean, we're, we're a communications company, so if we ourselves are not holding ourselves to that high standard, it's a bit hypocritical, if you will. So a great example of this is my CSMs over that are based in Hong Kong. WeChat and WhatsApp are actually a fairly common way for customers and companies to interact with each other. So while we don't use that in the United States or in North America, our CSMs over in APAC have the freedom to use both of those platforms to communicate with their customers and make sure they're providing a more native experience to, to, talk, to talk to Twilio rather than we use phone calls, we use emails, and that's that. It's really having that flexibility and, and making it seamless for our customers to, to speak with us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't... Um... You, you don't always think of that. You're right. Like you don't always think of like, okay, how do I adjust? Like who, you know, what apps does everyone use? What channels is like the most? Yeah, so that's, a, that's a learning curve, I imagine, right? Or to like- no, it definitely <laughs> is, and I think it's been humbling for me in a really great way. I'm I'm a clearly an American, and you really rely on your team to help you understand, you know, their their perspective, right? You know, most of the team I manage is from the regions that they work in. So I've learned so much and I'm really grateful for my, to my team for helping me understand where we need to grow and helping me understand some changes that we could make to make sure that we're providing a, a ne- as near to native experience as possible for our customers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to wrap up soon, but this has been a wonderful interview. Thank you so much. Uh, but I, I want to get your opinion on, because um, everyone kind of seems to have their own definition of customer success right now and it's still kind of being defined uh, what would your if you have one definition of customer success be that's a, a great question and I think it, the, the term is, is tossed around a lot and I, I don't know if we'll ever come up with a, a final definition if you will because I think it's quite unique to whatever organization is is seeking to accomplish it mm-hmm. what I would say is somewhat of a universal rule is that you cannot have customer success without customer experience. I think customer experience is what drives customer success. 
And the focus really should be on providing a best in class, whatever that might mean for a particular organization, focusing on that customer experience and customer success will follow. You know, you're almost not, if you're approaching it from the other way and kind of forcing things, you're, it might take a little bit longer to, to figure things out. But if you're focused on the customer experience, you're focused on serving your customers and really truly implementing what that word service means. If a customer walks away from you having had a good experience, in my opinion, customer success will follow. How, how are customer success and experience uh, different? Because I think a lot of people, it can get a bit um, overlapping in some areas. Yeah. So I would say customer success is the outcome Mm -hmm. of customer experience in a nutshell. Very cool. All right. And then, uh, well, thank you so much. That was a great thing. to And actually I wanted to ask you because you were uh, pioneering the CS program at Twilio. What resources did you use or what advice would you give people who are trying to build this for the first time? What resources? I know they're like much more now probably, but how did you kind of, um, start to grasp customer success and what resources did you use? That's a great question. So I think the very first thing we did was try and get as broad of a snapshot of our customer base as possible. What this meant was where are the customers that we've had contact with recently? Where are the customers that we haven't spoken to in a while? And where are the customers where we haven't spoken to them at all? Twilio is a self-service platform. So anybody could come on and sign up for an account and, you know, do whatever they'd like and don't, necessarily need to speak with someone on the sales or customer success side of things. So the first thing we did, and I'd recommend really anyone to do is get a snapshot of where your customer engagement actually is at. Um, you learn a lot from kind of digging into that data and getting a, a sense of the ecosystem, if you will. I'd say the secondary piece is just speak to as many customers as possible. Decide beforehand what you want to know about those customers. Decide beforehand what your general overarching vision of customer success and, and customer experience is, and then gradually benchmark against that. Just have the conversation with your customers. Make sure that you're documenting those conversations and you're, you're pulling out themes. Use those themes to then decide upon tangible actions you can take to either improve things that aren't working or build upon things that are. Um, we kept it really, really simple. Um, we, we really just started off with there's not all that much we know and it doesn't make sense to, to build processes or to build a system or to define what we think customer success is without really laying the groundwork and speaking to the, the people that we're trying to serve and build the team for. That's really great advice. Thank you. Thank you very much, Christina. That was great. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much again to everyone who listened. And again, please subscribe, uh, write reviews, share with your friends, uh, give us some feedback. We would love to hear it. And stay tuned. We have more episodes to come. Have a great week. Bye.